0: Jewish Latin Princess episode 44 Rivka Fishman educator and author of Sarah the Bucket Filler You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Ya'el Every week get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Ya'el herself seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful richer Jewish life Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Has your child ever come home from school sad because there is someone who is making his life miserable? Other than the teacher, that is. Kids... We've all struggled with this. It is so painful to see our kids in pain. And all we want to do sometimes is to rescue them. Social dynamics can be hard, not just for kids, but hey, even for adults. We are going to all face not nice people throughout our lives, right? My guest today is on a mission to change the bully-proofing conversation, to incorporate empathy, get rid of the victim mentality, and empower our children to deal with others in the way they'd like to be treated, with kindness and respect. My my guest is Rivka Fishman. She's the creator of the Training for Parents and Educators "Bully Proofing Your Child and the author of the newly released book, Sarah the Bucket Filler. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Thanks for tuning in. This is a very important episode as Rivka has a super important message to share with parents, educators, and children. Rivka has been in Jewish education for 17 years, teaching fourth grade and middle school. She's the mother of six children and seeing the dynamic among her own children, her students, and her friends' kids got her to explore the topic of bullying. Unfortunately, the conventional methods were not getting to the root of the problem. What was it about the prevailing bully-proofing conversation that didn't sit well with Rivka and led her to take a different approach? How do we approach the problem of kids not being nice to each other? What are we doing right as parents, and what could we be doing better? What should be the school's roles in all this? And hey, what if your child is the bully? What do we do then? All of this and more from the lovely Rifka Fishman. And my friend, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you?
1: Good, oh, thank you. This is so much fun. Much fun. When do we get to the chat during the day without our kids, kids needing, you know, water and bathrooms and stuff? I,
0: I don't know. I don't think we've ever done that unless
1: uh, <laughs> maybe if we were shopping <laughs> for couches. I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, that is true. Um, Rivka, I'm so excited to have you over talking about the hot topic in parenting bullying and kindness and being kind to each other when we are children. Um, because you've been in Jewish education for, I don't know, what, like 17 years already? Yeah. And about six or seven years ago, you began learning about this topic of bullying. Um, you really took it head on. And since then, you've created your own training for teachers and parents, bully-proofing your child. And now you've just come out with a children's book about kindness, Sarah the Bucket Filler. But before we get to your new book, I want to ask you, what made you explore the topic of bullying, of all things that you had been exposed to in the classroom as an educator? What was going on? Were your children being bullied? Did you have students suffering in
1: your classroom? What, what was the impetus? So, after teaching fourth grade for a bunch of years, uh, my own kids started to be in my class. And not just my own kids, but my close friends' kids who are, you know, like my own kids. Mm-hmm. And um, once they started getting to this age, and I was watching the way they were interacting, they just were not always being nice to each other. Um, really not bullying by definition, for sure, mm-hmm. but... Here we had kids who were nice kids from nice families that were constantly watching their parents make a dinner for somebody who had a baby or t- pick up somebody's kid. I mean, just so such, I mean, families full of such kindness. Mm-hmm. And we have these kids just, you know, speaking not nicely to each other. And I wasn't okay with it. And so I started to research. Um, ways to make kids be nice all the time Mm -hmm. and um, I did that's when I discovered that this wasn't bullying even though I've been calling it bullying for a little while Mm -hmm. and um, and and, that was the beginning
0: and so so you said you discovered that this wasn't bullying it's such a big word nowadays what how do we define it like what is it exactly
1: so, the, like, technical definition of the word bullying is unwanted aggressive behavior involving real or perceived, that's an important word there, imbalance of power. It has to be, to be bullying, it has to be repeated. It might include threats, it might include rumors, it might include attacking somebody either physically or verbally, mm-hmm. and it can also include, um, include excluding. Um, and this usually does happen when there are no adults around. So a way that I explain it to kids that makes it kind of easy is there's a difference between being rude, being mean, and bullying. And when somebody's rude, it's called unintentional hurting. So it would be something like a kid, maybe a kid with no filter, or whatever it might be saying, oh, no, you can't sit here because I told Rena I'd save the seat for her. That might be rude. Mean would be, no, you can't join our basketball team or player because you're just going to make us lose. That's mean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bullying would be repeatedly making fun of another kid um, and even getting others to join them. So that's that, that's kind of the way to define, you know, the difference between the different things. This might be a good time to mention that um, the word bully, I don't like that. I'm not so into, into labeling, um, so we'll just, will uh, right. <laughs> see, yeah. I'm not, I'm going to stay away from that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I, I know that you're not into that. And I know that you, when you were doing your initial research, you, it wasn't sitting, you told me one time that it just something wasn't sitting right with you in terms of the whole anti-bullying conversation, for lack of a better word. What was it that wasn't sitting well with you?
1: So we know that the most important thing in, our Torah is mm-hmm. Kamocha. And love your fellow, treat your fellow the way you would want to be treated. And when I was looking into all of these programs, the most widely used programs, the programs by the biggest quote unquote experts, they all involved things like um, tattling judging, asking 10-year-olds to be witnesses. And then you have to go on a bully hunt to figure out who is the bully and who are you hunting? You're hunting kids. And it just it it just felt very yucky. It felt like you were making a bad situation worse, which research shows that it actually does. These programs that are so widely used, unfortunately, um, do just make things worse for kids. And I'd almost given up on these programs and thought, you know what, I'm just going to keep teaching kids to be kind, teaching, you know, stuff like that. And, um, maybe I'm the only one in the world who feels this way. And, um, but I did around that time. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later, but I took a, um, course from somebody called Izzy Kalman, um, bullies to, he runs the bullies to buddies program. Tell me how and you ended he opened
0: that course because I think that's a really neat story of how this all began.
1: Okay. So um, the principal in our school, um, her name was Nancy Epstein at the time. um, She knew that I was on this quest to make kids be nice all the time and that I was frustrated with this. And we got a flyer in the mail at school for this workshop called um, Bullyproofing Made Easy. And she said, I think you should go. I said, I'm going to have to take a whole day off of work. I'm going to have to figure out what to do with my kids before and after school. All of these programs, they just, it's all the same stuff. I, I don't want to waste my time. She said, no, I really think you should go. So I went, and um, it was pretty far. It was far out near the Hobby Airport, and it was just, it was a schluck. And I look around the room, and it looked like the same people who want to do the same, you know, kinds of, you know, let's make the kids, let's go on a bully hunt and everything like that. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't recognize anybody in the room. I don't think anybody in the room was Jewish. And then within the first hour, the presenter, Izzy Kalman, he quoted both the Rebbe, the Lovach Rebbe, and the Rambam, Maimonides. And I was like, wow, I think I should listen carefully today and take a lot of notes because this guy, um, I feel like this is showing me that I needed to be here today. Wow. And um Uh, those those you know references probably went right over the head of everybody else in the room but um to me that kind of was like my wake up that i should really be here so that was a cool story
0: that is such a cool story you were at the right place at the right time um so okay so you talked about trying to help kids be nice all the time and you've developed this training bully proofing our children Um, Before we even get to what we should be teaching our kids, what have been the most critical mistakes that you see us doing as parents and educators? What is it that we're doing wrong, that we're not fixing the problem? Where are we failing? So first let me start
1: by what people are doing right. Okay. Okay? So any parent who listens when their kid comes and complains to them about something that's hurting them they're automatically doing something right. They love their kids. They want their kids to be safe. They want their kids to be happy. And where people go wrong unintentionally really is rooted in this love for our kids, this love that we want our kids to be raised in a safe world. And like I was trying so hard to find, we wanted to figure out a way that kids would be nice to our kids all the time. Mm -hmm. And as a result, when parents um, do try to get involved, a few things happen. Um, Sometimes a parent can make it into a bigger deal than it is. Sometimes when parents see their kids being bullied, they get flashbacks to like those bad times in their own childhood and they want to make sure their kid doesn't have to suffer the same way they did. And they kind of take a situation where, you know, going back to the rude, mean bullying thing, it might just be rude and they turn it into a bigger deal. I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to the parent. I'm going to talk to, you know, then a kid who might... Have been able to just be empathized with needs a couple of skills. Then they're thinking, "Oh my goodness, my parents think this is a really big deal. This must be a really big deal," and it it really turns it into a harder, into a like a worse situation. Um, The next mistake that parents, really well-meaning parents, make is by talking to the parent of the other kid (laughs) um, and saying, "Hey, your kid is bullying my kid." That just never turns out well doesn't work and worse which it did happen a couple times over my years of dealing with stuff like this for a parent to go to the child who was mean to their kid then you're the bully really you know like you're a big grown-up like that's just not gonna work um so those are some mistakes another one would be um thinking that schools can make the bullying stop i don't know anybody who has succeeded in getting their own children to stop fighting with each other um Maybe, maybe if you're an only child, if you have an only child, you can get your kids to stop fighting with each other. I don't know, but um, it, it's it's not possible. We can't. I mean, you, you can't force kids to to always be nice. As I learned, which is not so fun, but it's the reality. So if you think you know, if you can't get your own kids to stop fighting, assuming that a school should be able to make kids be nice all the time and stop fighting um, is is not realistic. It's really not. Not that a school shouldn't get involved. We can talk a little bit more about that, but. Um, And then the last thing I just want to mention is that it's very important. Like really anybody, any parent who's listening to this is already doing this, but it's really important to empathize with your child. If they come to you with something like this, they need to know that you can be a listening ear for them without making it a bigger deal than it is. Any parent who is going to respond to it, come on, man up, ignore it. That's, that's not helpful. So, um, that, that's not something that we do so much these days, but,
0: uh, and so on the topic of empathy, um, Um, uh, how important is it not just for you to demonstrate empathy as a parent but to maybe try to take an empathetic approach towards the child who is doing the mean behavior or is that um, am I going to get you know um, attacked for even having said that but like do we have to teach our kids that there is some form form of empathy towards this person who's being not nice or is
1: that a question no you're completely on target with that the first thing that you do with your kid after you've empathized is you want to help your kid understand why the other kid is being mean um teaches that it's impossible to feel compassion and anger at the same time so if you can teach your kid to replace their anger with compassion for the other kid it'll help them get past feeling so hurt. And they'll realize, wow, this isn't about me. This is about them. And this is where I teach, um, kids or often I teach parents to teach kids, um, about bucket filling, which is um, a big topic in the book. So just to give a quick explanation on that, a lot of people are already aware of it because there's a couple different lines of bucket books. Um, none of which unfortunately spoke about (laughs) bully proofing, which is why I then wrote a book with the concept. Um, So the idea is that all of us walk around with an invisible bucket and our buckets are filled with our thoughts and our feelings about ourselves and our good thoughts and feelings about ourselves. And when our buckets are full, we feel happy. We feel ready to give to other people. And when our buckets are empty, we can feel very sad. And the sad sometimes often turns quickly into being angry. We all have buckets. Adults have buckets too. And if the cashier at the grocery store is super rude today, she probably has an empty bucket. And what we can do is we can fill people's buckets. Often people think that the way to fill their buckets is by scooping out of somebody else's bucket and putting it into their own. But that doesn't work. Um, What really works is being kind. When you're kind to somebody else, Your own bucket fills up as well. It's a pretty amazing, uh, it's it's an amazing thing that works so well and so easily. And um, when you can teach a kid that, hey, this person must have a really empty up bucket. What, What do you think it is? Why do you think this kid has, you know, this kid who's being mean to you has such an empty bucket? And kids come up with amazing things. You'd be surprised. It's better for the kids to come up with it than for you too because you don't want the kid to go to school and say my mommy said <laughs> your, your daddy yells at you all the time that's why you're that's not gonna work so well um so when the kid can come up with it that sounds like you know that's really the best way to do it and you know there's lots of different ways you can help your kid figure out um you know what exactly the problem is with the other child and then and then they'll want to like get past it. It'll help them to get past it. Wow, it's not me. So if it's not me, what can I do to not be the target of this person's meanness?
0: So this is really interesting because it seems that that is already a very empowering thing. Once they lose that personalization of the problem that they realize it's not necessarily about them, but it's about the other person who is struggling with something and Therefore, it makes the child more empowered and less of a victim mentality. Would that be accurate?
1: absolutely we do not want to reinforce a victim mentality and a victim mentality can all those bully things i don't believe in um they all basically reinforce oh you poor victim let's rescue you let's save you let's punish the people who are making we need to empower kids there's going to be mean people unfortunately and someone she comes throughout life we are going to encounter mean people and we need to know how to deal with it um something that um A great analogy that I came across recently was when you're helping your kids with their math homework, when they come home with math homework, you can sit there and you can say, okay, now you divide this, now you divide that. Okay, this divided by this is that. Uh, Here's the answer. So you can do that, and the math homework would be finished, and they would get an A on that homework assignment. But then when they go to take the real tests, they'll have no idea how to handle it. So the same thing is true with social problems. We have to teach kids how to solve their own problems. And just going hand in hand with that, we have to teach kids how to have a little bit of a sense of humor about it. I think we probably all know adults where we have to be so careful with every word we say because we might insult them. Uh-huh. They're, they're not so much fun to be around. We yeah. want our kids to be people who people want to be friends with, who people want to be around. And this is such an easy way to do it. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying they're not going to go through a tough time. But when they have the right skills, it's going to turn out okay. It's going to turn out a cra- I,
0: I love because this has such a positive spin to something that has turned into such a negative conversation in so many households. Rivka, you mentioned the use of humor before. So I'm curious, how does humor work in terms of what is it that we're trying to teach our kids um, that can help them bully-proof them
1: through the use of humor? So there's a kid's book that actually does a really great job of doing it. It's a kid's mm-hmm. book called Pat Roll Pull. And on the surface, it's a book about some kids making challah in school. I never but t- a-
0: Sorry, but I never even would have thought of that book. Okay, keep going. Okay, so, so they're, they're making, making
1: challah in school. And she's really nervous because she's never made challah before. She doesn't know what to do. And she's braiding the challah. And her friend looks over and says, that doesn't look like a challah. And she says, "You're right. It doesn't. It looks like an ice cream cone." And they all start to laugh.
0: Yeah, I now, know
1: it. That's a super common situation of what would happen with kids in school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I once had a student a hundred years ago who got so super insulted because they were looking at pictures from when they were in kindergarten, and a new girl in the class said, and I was right there. She said it with a smile on her face in a really sweet way. Oh my goodness, your hair looks so puffy. <laughs> and the girl got really mad, mm-hmm. like really, really mad. And when our kids come home and they say, she made fun of my hair. Mm-hmm. You can be like, really? What'd she say? And she says, well, she said my hair is as curly as Bissley. You could say, <laughs> well, funny. is your hair curly like Bissley? <laughs> and she'll be like, well, yeah, Maybe you say, okay, so it's not a problem. Like, she was just commenting. It's okay. You know, it, a sense of humor is really important, and it can help not escalate a situation that doesn't need to be escalated. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So if we could teach kids to take things in a more humorous way and play on the joke and be part of the joke, then it diffuses the situation.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I'm not saying that they, in a really serious bullying situation, that humor is the answer for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, w- it wouldn't be. We would use some of the other skills for those kinds of things. But on a general level, keeping a sense of humor is, is really healthy and important.
0: And as I'm d- processing this whole thing, I have a question that I'm sure somebody out there listening is thinking about it. And that is, well, what about when my child is the bully? What
1: do I do then? (laughs) So I get that question a lot. And I think that maybe for a lot of us, as crazy as it sounds, it's maybe harder when our kid is the bully than when our kid is bullied. I think that on some level we understand that at some point in life, our kids are going to come across somebody who's who's mean to our kid. And it doesn't feel nice. But when our kid is the bully... What? What did I do wrong? Why is my kid bullying? Why is my kid mean? And here's the thing. It's not your fault. Kids go through tough times. And the best, the biggest favor we can do for our kids is to figure out what's going on. Why would our kid be acting like a bully? Um, Is it a self-confidence thing? Do they need a boost in self-confidence in some area? Um do they need maybe this kid who they're being mean to, maybe they need some space from that other kid. Maybe we can ask the teacher if she can do something with the desks so that your kid has some space with the kid that they're picking on from the kid that they're picking on, so that they can work on not picking on them. But when the kid is kind of in their face all the time, I'm not saying it's the fault of the kid who's being picked on, but sometimes without meaning to, they can do things that annoy somebody to a point that they're gonna then be mean to them. Doesn't make it okay again. Um, but really, as a parent, we have to get to the bottom of why is my kid being mean? And really, it could be that we have need help from a therapist to figure that out. Nobody should ever be afraid of turning, to, you know, to help to get help from a therapist, somebody who can help them. We want to figure out, um, why is my kid's bucket so empty? What's going on? A kid with a full bucket is always going to be nice, at least most of the time. And um, the other thing that we could do as a parent, you know, we, we can't control what comes out of our kids' mouths. We can't. I wish we could. It would be so much fun. But um, we can't. So um, one thing that we can control, though, is what choices we are allowing our kids to make so for example if our kid is having a birthday party and they only want to invite half the class okay i'm not talking about a class of 50 kids we're talking about a kid class of 10 kids or something like that anytime there's more than one kid invited everybody else is being excluded so if we're allowing our kid to have a birthday party then we want to make sure that everybody is included. If we see our kids always hanging out with the same people, maybe we want to invite for Shabbos the family of a kid that your kid is never hanging out with. And, you know, try, try to teach inclusion. It's an important thing that we can... Teach by example. And the last thing along those same lines, which is an issue for teens and preteens and adults too, um, is how things are being portrayed, how you allow your kids to portray themselves or how we portray ourselves on social media. Oh, and funny. when a kid posts a picture mm-hmm. of going ice skating with two friends mm-hmm. and they're leaving out the other five friends, let's say. And they posted on social media, what they have now said is, mm. we went to this place and we didn't bring you. That's essentially what they're saying by posting that picture. Okay sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally, but we need to monitor their social media at different ages to different levels. But we definitely need to be their friends on social media. Um, don't necessarily comment because it'll be embarrassing to be your kid, you know, <laughs> when you comment, Ma, don't comment on my pictures. You're so embarrassing, you know, but we, you know, that that's like the lowest level of involvement to make sure that you are their friend, LinkedIn contact, whatever it might be, you know, just so that you are aware and say, Hey, how do you think it made, so-and-so feel when she saw that you two went out for pizza and didn't bring her along you know just make them aware of how they would feel or just turn it around and say how would you feel if you saw these three friends together in a picture and you weren't in and you know that you were not invited so right like- those are some things for parents to do but it's also important for parents to not beat themselves up. Don't bully yourselves either. There's only so much you can do. And the, the idea is to get your kid help rather than to beat yourself up.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned schools and today people, parents, um, really have taken a stand that schools need to... Or they expect that schools would be bully what they call bully free zones or there should have a no tolerance for bullying um policy. And you mentioned that it's almost it's something that's almost unrealistic. What what should be the proper response from the administration's side? How could a school handle this um in a way that parents still feel comfortable? Um, but it's it's realistic.
1: Um, so we have different levels on this. So first of all, if we want to talk about these huge public schools that have, you know, mandated reporting and zero tolerance for bullying, everything like that, then I would refer people, you know, if, if your kid is in a school like that, I absolutely refer people to Izzy Kalman. You can find him on his website, bullies, the number two buddies.com. You can also link to it from my website, sarah, the Um, and he is an excellent resource for things like this. He recently wrote an article in response to this video that went viral, a lot of people probably saw it. There's this little boy named Keaton in a car and he is, it, it's heartbreaking. He's crying about the things that the mean kids in school have done to him. Okay. And um, Izzy Kalman wrote an article on psychology today okay. um, where he talks about how okay the school did do the things that they were supposed to do and what happened what happened was the kids just detested him more now he's a tattletale. now he got them in trouble now he got their friend in trouble this isn't helping him he feels like more and more of a victim but he doesn't feel helped because things aren't getting better right you only feel helped if things are getting better you don't feel helped because the principal came and yelled at that other kid that, that i mean maybe it's nice for five minutes but it really doesn't actually help So, um, it's a great article and, um, basically the, the gist is we want to do the things that make somebody, um, that make the situation better, that make a relationship better, not the things that are going to make somebody else detest us. You know, if we think about it in the adult world, for example, the way it works, if our neighbor has a dog that's barking outside of our kid's window every day when our kids are trying to fall asleep, should we call the police and have the police come and, you know, warn them that they have to make their dog stop barking or else, or should we go to our neighbor and say, Hey, listen, your dog is right outside my kid's window. Um, would you mind taking it in just from seven to eight every night while my kids are trying to fall asleep? Would that be okay with you? So of course, calling the police is not necessarily the way to go. And um, so so this is what we're trying to do. Now, kids can't always handle everything all by themselves. They do need adults involved. Uh, for sure, if we're talking about something that would be a crime in the adult world, a crime means like, theft of personal property or, you know, physically being actually hurt to a point where it's, you know, you would call it assault and battery, mm-hmm. for example. Um, but here's how here's how adults should be involved. First of all, as a consultant for your kid, your kid um, should, you know, be able to consult with you for advice. Mm-hmm. And you should also speak to the school. The school should know what's going on. But the way to approach it is not, hey, I need you to do something about this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, listen, here's the story. Here's what we're doing. Uh, I want you to know what's going on and what the school should then do, what schools could probably naturally do, is first of all, they'll be in a better position to help fill your kid's bucket throughout the day. You know, if you know that this kid is having a really hard time with kids at recess, then right when they come in from recess or right when they're going to go out to recess would not be when you as a teacher – would give the kid a really hard time for not bringing in their homework. You're going to know they're going through a hard time and soften it up a little bit or help them in other ways, whatever it might be. Um, the other thing that teachers um, and staff in general can do when they know this is going on is they can position themselves in the right places at the right time. So if they know that this kid's sandwich is always, the people are always making fun that this kid comes with a sardine sandwich to school and it's stinky. Um, the, the lunch teacher. Don't send your children with sardine sandwiches, but yeah. <laughs> you know that too, but whatever, you know, if you know that this is the story and this is what's happening, your kid likes sardines and that's your family's, you know, that's your thing. They Go for it. But the the lunch teacher can then position themselves sort of near that lunch table and try to. First of all, if the teacher's standing there, it's probably not going to happen because Mm -hmm. smart kids are not saying things in front of adults because they know they're going to get in trouble. Um, But if they do hear it, they are then in a position to, you don't want them to rescue, right? You don't want them to, oh, don't be mean to my kid or to this kid. No, that's so mean. Don't be mean. What you want them to do is say something along the lines of, we don't do that in this school. We don't speak this way in this school. Yuck, that sounds horrible on my ears. Or what? wow, is that a really nice thing to say? Any of these kinds of things where we're not rescuing, instead we're just correcting the kid's behavior. We can definitely be part of a team to help this kid not be a victim anymore.
0: Yeah, and and as we're talking about this, I keep going back to your book and the concept of bucket filling. It's almost like, at least in the smaller schools, um, we almost want to make the school environment one of bucket feeling and, and we could be preventing a lot of these behaviors if the general environment in the school was one of pointing out kindness and um, and just general good merits and things like that where people feel positive in that setting um, would prevent a lot of what goes on between kids I mean at the end of the day, Sometimes kids have rough times and rough days and they might not be so nice to each other. But I guess creating that environment would put us ahead of the curve. For
1: sure. Absolutely.
0: Can you have a, you have some um, role plays that you like to do with parents. Can do, Can we do one of them about how to help kids when they're feeling bad about themselves, they come home and they're in a sticky situation, how we can help them? Uh,
1: sure. sure. Let's do one of those. Um, okay. I sent you one that talks about Shira, I believe.
0: Okay, so who am I going to be?
1: Um, how about I be the parent and you can be Shira? <laughs>
0: okay, perfect.
1: Okay, I can be parent or teacher. Either one, it can be a part of this team. It's great, great when it's both. When it's both.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so let's, I'll start. So, Shira, you look really sad. What's going on? Nothing. I'd be happy to listen if you want to talk.
0: Well, it's Rena.
1: What about her?
0: Well, today when we got our tests back, she looked over and she saw my grade. And then when we were at recess, she told everyone that I'm the teacher's pet, and now no one likes me because of that.
1: Ooh, I bet that hurts.
0: Well, it didn't hurt. I'm just angry.
1: That's interesting, because if someone said that about me when I was your age, it probably would have hurt my feelings. Mmm,
0: well... I guess it kind of hurts, but really, I'm angry.
1: Hmm. You and Rena have always been good friends, right?
0: Yeah, but this year something's different. Um, she's always being mean to me. Is school harder this year? Yeah, you see that I have to study every night, and before I could do well without even studying, but what does that have to do with anything?
1: I wonder how Rena's doing with that change.
0: Hmm. Today, when we got our test back, she was very proud to announce to the class that she got a 62.
1: She was proud? Are you sure?
0: Yeah, she didn't care. Why? How'd you do? I got a 92.
1: That's great. And you said that Sheer looked over your shoulder and saw your grade, and then kind of right after that, she was mean to you at recess? Right. Well, I've learned over the years that often the way people behave towards other people has a lot more to do with what's going on inside of them than what we have done to them. Have you ever had just a really bad day where everything seems to be going wrong, your bucket just feels totally empty?
0: Yeah, today.
1: <laughs> okay. So we all have those days sometimes. How do you act the people that day? To your siblings, to me, to your friends?
0: I probably snapped or pouted. I'm probably not very nice on those days when everything's going
1: wrong. So that makes you like most people. I bet that's what's going on with Rena. She seems like she's having a hard school year, and it's taking that out on you, and probably some others as well.
0: But she seems so happy all the time, even
1: when she's being mean to me. Yeah, that's the tricky part. People usually look good on the outside to cover up what's going on inside. The real way we know how they're doing is not how they look, but how they behave. Maybe. If you'd like, I, had to have, I do have some ideas about what you can do when she's mean to you.
0: Like, say, you're just being mean because you're failing in school?
1: Mm, how do you think that would work?
0: I don't know. I mean, it would be fun to say that, but she would probably just get more mad and just not, I don't think it's going to work. It's
1: probably not very kind either, huh?
0: But she's the one not being kind.
1: Does the Torah teach us that we should only be nice to people that are nice to us? I guess not. Right. Being mean back usually doesn't solve anything anyway.
0: Okay, so what should I say?
1: Well, for starters, you can try to translate what she says.
0: Like translating from Hebrew? I, I don't get it.
1: Yes, except in this case, you're translating what Rina is saying into what she really means. Okay. So when Rena said that you're the teacher's pet and no one likes you, she was probably feeling, I'm not doing very well at school like you are, and I think the teacher likes you better, and that's hard for me. If she said that to you, how would you feel? Wow,
0: I'd feel really bad for her.
1: I would too. But how am I going to remember all that? Well, if you can't figure out exactly what someone else is saying when they're being mean, you can always translate anything into, I feel bad about myself, so I want her to feel bad about herself too.
0: She feels bad about herself, so she has to make me feel bad about myself, too. Okay, I can remember that.
1: Let me know if you'd like some other ideas, okay? Thanks. Okay, so yeah, I'll thank you. That was fun. Um, As we were doing that, I was reminded of a really great resource that some of your listeners might enjoy, and that is a book put out by Love & Logic called Words Will Never hurt me. And, um, it's another great resource, easy reading for parents. And it has more role plays like that. Um, and a a lot of stuff that I added to the bullies to buddies program. In addition to my own stuff comes from love and logic, love and logic is totally my go-to for everything. Parenting. I always say it works a hundred percent of the time that I use it a (laughs) hundred percent. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, this is actually really, really helpful. I hadn't read it before, but as I was doing it, I could see how it would kind of start help. Like it walks the child through the, the process of rethinking and reframing the situation um, so that they could take ownership over it on their own. I really liked it
1: good I'm hoping it'll be helpful for some people I found it to be helpful for lots of kids so I've had those kinds of situations
0: so let's get to your book um which talks about bucket filling you published a, a beautifully written and illustrated children's book why a children's book as opposed to a manual for parents or a handbook for teens why, why a children's book
1: so being an author wasn't actually one of my life goals it's <laughs> sort of just it just kind of happened um When you know I've been doing this stuff for a while and when my daughter was in kindergarten she got a new kid in the class who made her life really miserable on a regular basis and I was like oh I can help you with this and you know I'm all confident with all my skills that I've helped so many kids with Mm -hmm. and it didn't work and I realized she's too little to understand this she's not mature enough to understand it's not me, it's her, whatever it might be. And around that time, um, her teachers um, brought in a book because they kind of were trying to implement kindness in the whole class about bucket filling. I was like, this is amazing. There's got to be one to help kids with exactly this story. So I ordered a whole bunch of books online from Amazon. It comes the next day. You don't even know what you ordered. It just shows up at your door. And um, then none of them really did it. So I kind of did my own story where I spoke, we talked to her about her day and we talked about, you know, we wove in the bucket filling and we, I was able to help get her to see that it wasn't her. It was the other kid, but with the concept of buckets, she was able to understand it. And so after I told the story, it kind of, people were like, "Wow, you should really write that down. And my daughter especially was very empathetic, you know, very, not empathetic, was very emphatic about it. You know, you write it down, make me the main character, the character should look like me, you know, it was very cute. And it made a huge, it really made a huge difference. So in the back of the book, there actually is a kind of mini manual for parents. Um, And on my Facebook page and other social media sites, I, I do kind of you know, let's throw some tips out there for parents as well. But you know, I think as a kids' book, it's a great way to get very young kids thinking in this way from a young age. Because the younger you are when you start thinking this way, the easier it's going to be for you to automatically react this way throughout your whole life.
0: Yes, and what you've presented is really so through the the. The system of bucket filling. It's really a book about kindness. It's not a book about bullying itself. It's not even mentioned in the book. The, in fact, the character in the book um, she's just plain annoying. And um, and you did that intentionally because well well tell me why why is she
1: just plain annoying. <laughs> So, so I think that she's acting annoying, but a lot of kids would run straight to the teacher or run straight to their parents if a kid was doing something like that for them. Like, um, you know, a kid bring the opening scene in the book where the main character Sarah takes out her item for show and tell. And the mean girl says, they deal, who cares? So yeah, that's annoying. That's rude, but it's also probably mean. And they're going to go home. This kid is mean to me. She's not just mean to me. She's always mean to me, right? Because that's the way, that's what happens with kids. Mm-hmm. So this kind of story where a kid makes fun of what they brought for show and tell, takes her turn in line, jumps on the, you know, swing when she was walking towards it. That's what happens to kids. Most of the time. Yes. Um, that That's really the most, this is pretty much the way it all starts with stuff like this. Um, it, it doesn't usually start with things like somebody taking the other kid's lunch tray and dumping it down their shirt. That's really just, that's, that's the, it's sad. It's awful. It's terrible when it happens and it shouldn't happen. And it should be, you know, dealt with on that level. But For most kids, this is what's going on in their lives. So I really wanted the story to be something that kids could relate to. I wanted to keep it real. You might notice that at the end of the story, these two characters, they're not best friends. They don't go off into the sunset holding hands and playing together. Um, But the other kid stops bothering her. And that's what we want to achieve. We want the kid to not be a victim and not be a victim by the other kid not picking on them. So that's what we can teach. That's what we can teach our kids really most easily.
0: And as adults, and we've often said that, you and I as friends in conversation, that we will encounter people who are not going to end up being our best friends, but we could have cordial, happy, pleasant relationships with, even if sometimes those people are not so nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a 100%. I agree.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um... Rufka, let's do let's do some JLP fill in the blanks, and I know you know this because you're an avid listener. So I'm
1: gonna—I sure a, am. I'm your <laughs> biggest fan. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna give you a few sentence statements, and you're gonna finish them with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm Rivka Fishman, and I feel most spiritual when
1: I feel most spiritual when I'm teaching a class, and it's kind of you get a class to a point where they're all totally involved and just getting inspired and excited by what they're learning and their faces light up. They kind of lean in a little bit. Mm. That's when I feel most spiritual.
0: That's so awesome. Did you always know you wanted to be an educator?
1: No, I went to school thinking I was going to be a psychologist actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I moved to Houston, I was doing, doing neuropsych testing not enjoying it very much, and um, then I <laughs> went on maternity leave before the baby was born because they had to stop me before they would schedule patients for me, mm-hmm. and I substituted in school for somebody else. I was like, I don't know how many days I can do this, but I'll do it while I can because I'm not going to sit at home twiddling my thumbs. I'm just not one of those, and I loved it, and I was like, wow, this is fun, and this works really well for me, and it just worked. It was Wow. Yeah, I knew teaching was my calling <laughs> very soon yeah. after that.
0: So awesome. My favorite mitzvah or one I feel most connected with is?
1: Same thing, teaching Torah for mm-hmm. sure. Mm.
0: My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is?
1: Sitting around at the Seder or even a Friday night Shabbos table with my family and my grandparents.
0: Oh, that's so Beautiful. Um, your grandparents. You grew up in the same city as your grandparents, right?
1: Uh, no, my my well, my father's mother lived in the same city as us, and my mother's parents lived uh, in a seven-hour drive, in New Jersey, mm. but um, but we saw them very often. So
0: that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. My fa- um, something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is
1: so I'm really lucky in that I grew up with a great Jewish education, but. If I could twist a little bit, Um, I wish that as a kid and as a teenager, I had been mature enough to really let everything I was learning sink in the way I should have. I, I think it was just like, you know, school, learn it. I didn't I didn't soak it in the way that I should that I that I wish in hindsight I would have.
0: Have you ever told that to your teenagers, to your kids?
1: You bet, but I don't know if it works.
0: We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) When I give to charity, I like to give to?
1: Jewish schools. Can you hear a theme here a little bit? (laughs)
0: Nice. Very cool. Finally, I'm Rivka Fishman, and today I'm most grateful for?
1: All of the people in my life. Everybody that we encounter is there to be there for us, to help us, or sometimes just to teach us a lesson or make us grow in some way. So I'm very grateful for all the people in my life.
0: Beautiful. Rivka, thank you so much. Everyone, the book is Sarah the Bucket Filler, and it's sold on Amazon as well as on Rivka's website, sarahthebucketfiller.com. That's Sarah with no H at the end. And also on your website, you can... Um, contact Rifka about a bully-proofing workshop for your community, for your school, or for a book reading for children. And you have tons of resources also there if you need to find a therapist for your child and a lot more information that is helpful for parents and educators. Rifka, thank you so much for your wonderful work. I think you have a special code for JLP listeners on your book, right?
1: I do. If you purchase the book through um, com at checkout, you can put in code very easy jlp for jewish Latin princess and um, you get a dollar off the book awesome okay so out.
0: sarahthebucketfiller.com check out code jlp to get a discount on your book it's a great children's book and makes a beautiful gift so i highly recommend it and um we're waiting for book number two when are you starting to work on that <laughs>
1: So uh, my sister and sisters-in-law, everybody with a lot of boys, said you really need a boys' version. So, so it's it's starting to form in my mind. That's where it all begins. That's
0: awesome. Okay. So. All, right. all right. So we look forward to that. Thank you for your wonderful work and for putting it out there. So very needed for everybody. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you, yeah. Bye.
0: Thanks again to Rifka Fishman for stopping by. You can find Rifka at Sarah the Bucket Filler on Facebook and Instagram. Again, you can always go back to jewishlatinprincess.com and download the audio as well as a free copy of the transcript for this episode, which should be a great idea if you want to review everything that Rifka told us today, or maybe you want to share it with your spouse or your kids' educators. Again, episode 43 back at jewishlatinprincess.com, both audio and transcript. And in order to receive a dollar off your copy of Sarah the Bucket Filler, go to sarahthebucketfiller.com and use the code JLP at checkout. It's a beautiful book with amazing reviews, and I know that you will enjoy it with your young children. It also makes a beautiful gift, and I personally think it should be part of every classroom, preschool classroom. So if you have a birthday coming up or a special location where you'd like to donate that to your children's preschool classrooms, I think that would be a beautiful idea. Uh, Thank you again for being here and as always thank you for the reviews on iTunes they make my heart sing so if you haven't go ahead and do that I love hearing from you and I recently got an email from a new listener who's been binge listening on all the past episodes and is telling me how much she's loving the show and i asked her how did you find jewish latin princess and she said she went on itunes and she searched for judaism and torah and the show came up so you see it works we have a five star rating beautiful reviews and the more reviews we have the more itunes gets the message that this is a show worth recommending to people so thank you so much for being here again and i'll see you next time Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.